What up, what up? Welcome back to another Blackout Podcast reaction video, we're going to call this, because today um, I came across something on my timeline, and it was Special Ed. If you know him from the 80s, you know, one of the forefathers of, of our hip-hop of our time, you know, it goes he goes back to the 80s, 17-year-old kid, doom, 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 doom. Y'all already know, man. Special Ed, I got it made. That was one of my, the Magnificent goes on and on and on. Off top, this dude, I was reciting his lyrics when I was around his age. So I think we're we're along the same age. Uh, he might be a couple more years older than me, but definitely an inspiration uh, to what I got going um, back then or had going as far as uh, the beginning of my rap career. As you know, I'm from Lighter Shade of Brown, the rap group. If you don't know, welcome. This is my platform called the Blackout Podcast, and you could do a Google search on Lighter Shade of Brown. Um, if you haven't heard of us, <laughs> basically. But today it's not about us. It's about special ed. Now, uh, recently, about a month ago, he was on Drink Champs and he had made some comments uh, about NWA being destructive to hip hop. As you could tell in the thumbnail, that's basically uh, what it is. So then he jumps right back uh, into another interview. Shout outs to Vlad TV. We're going to react to this video interview. Just the part, not the whole thing of Vlad. Um, Asking him about the whole situation with him commenting on the uh, NWA being destruction uh, of hip hop, right? And he sta he stands by it, you know. So rather than me give you the story, which I have a habit of doing, let's just get into it and let's react to it today and uh, see what your guys' thoughts are. Well, and that brings me to my next point because you were on Drink Champs and you said NWA brought the age of destruction, and a lot of people particularly other rap i'm sorry the age of destruction just to be politically correct my bad first particularly other west coast rappers had a problem with it but when i first heard it i said yeah i, I see where he's coming from you know me personally i was like yeah I, I i think that's a fair statement and i remember i even interviewed alonzo from the world-class wrecking crew who was you know dr dre and dj yellow's original group and, you know, and a lot of those NWA records were done at his house and everything else like that. And he told me flat out in our first interview, he's like, look, when, you know, he was promoting a lot of shows in L.A., he said, look, when I was first promoting shows in L.A., yeah, some gangsters would be in the crowd. And, yeah, you know, sometimes stuff would happen. I'm going to go ahead and just scroll past this part because he did, uh, as you can see, interview Alonzo. But I want to get to the meat of it here. I don't want to waste your guys' time, right? If you guys want to watch the whole Vlad TV uh uh, interview you can but basically he talks to alonzo alonzo says hey you know gang banging was he even he says nwa um wasn't rapping about anything that didn't happen in their neighborhood you know they grew up around it back then alonzo said that gangs were were were, were different gangs were designed to fight white people <laughs> or another uh group of gang was to fight police brutality and fight by policemen so there was different types of gangs gang banging wasn't really at his all-time height yet at that point fast forward right to special eds because that, that's why we're here well i would like to say that none of those people were actual members of nwa now he's talking about alonzo saying that he was in part true alonzo was part of the world-class wrecking crew as we know so for them to have an opinion was just like me having an opinion 
Okay, so let's start there. Secondly, I did have a discussion with Cube and he understands where I'm coming from and I understand where he's coming from. They say that they were just making, I wouldn't say parody, but records for the hood, selling out the trunk. It wasn't intended for global scale marketing. See, off top, nobody knows that they're going to blow up. You know what I'm saying? When you become a rapper, yeah, your dreams and goals are like, look, man, I'm an aspiring rapper. I want to make music. For starters, it should be for the art. This is what I want to do. I want to put on, man. I want to I want to talk about my lifestyle. I want to I want to see if people can relate to it, but I want to paint this picture, right? So others can either relate to it or just hear my art form, hear where I'm coming from, my background. So no one knows they're going to blow up, but we think that hopefully, yeah, our job is to attain amount of, of of ears on our music as much as we can you know what i'm saying and and just uh prop not profit from but yeah the money's there too but just be heard so to speak but that's what that's where it was taken well well i mean listen the original records is true but straight out of compton was a major release right. that went number Afterwards. one Every, everyone knew everyone knew by the time straight out of compton was so eagerly anticipated by hip-hop fans that you're not saying you can't say this is out the trunk anymore right well they have to take some accountability but at the end of the day now did once again who has to take accountability the rappers themselves nwa again we go back to the labels now it's it's it comes to a point where the labels are paying artists to emulate this, paying the artists in this genre, paying the artists to send these messages out, to continue. It, it Look, it's a numbers game, right? Record labels, that is their job. That's what they do. They sit behind a desk and cut checks all day and just say, yeah, we're going to keep feeding you money. That's basically what he's saying, to go do what you're doing, uh, meaning bringing hit records. Now, NWA, gangster rap group, of course, yeah, that, that's their genre. That's their lane. That's what they live. That's what they write about. It's no different than a record label cutting a check to Queen Latifah or... You know what I'm saying? Uh, BDP, you know, for just they're making hit records. That's their job. But to actually know what's going on in the streets. Come on, man. This is corporate America. They don't know. Just bring us the money. Bring us the hits. The effect that empowerment of the conscious music had. The conscious music had an effect. You saw the people walking around with african pride black pride medallions the gear uh self-worth and value but then when you had the market for those records and the gangster shit you saw the results of that as well so yes music does affect people it does because i remember during the black and proud movement right it was like late 80s you know like he said you had the conscience era that's what it was called the black medallions de la so even rapped about it all black medallions no gold you know because it was uh, more about black i'm proud you know what i'm saying and there was all kinds of songs um that you know basically were uplifting the black culture and i used to look at that as hip-hop special ed wasn't one of those to me he was just he was he fall he was just a hip-hop battle rapper or brag rap as they would call it you know what i'm saying um but uh, other groups like de la soul brand nubian um uh, so on and so forth um were doing the conscious rap 
And that's kind of how Lighter Shade of Brown was concepted off of the conscious rap of being black and proud. Brown and Proud was our first album title. You see where the two meet? That's kind of how it was. So I, I, I get what he's saying. Sign of the times, man. It does contribute to people's behavior and the outcome. And it's the same thing we're saying now. It has evolved. So from that point until now, it's no longer just that simple. Now it's straight murder music. Now it's drill music. Now it's people directly attacking each other through the music and that music being supported by these same labels. And now that part, I, I, I see his point. We've come a long way since NWA gangster rap. I mean, let's face it, West Coast, Bloods, Crips, you know, essays even caught on later on, you know, with, with Chicano gangster rap. It all started with NWA. That's why they get, you know what I'm saying, respected so well from, from consumers and not only that, people that live their lives, grew up in the neighborhoods. And so they, they put it to wax. They put it to CD. And, and, and consumers were able to relate to that. So that's all that is. And thinking back in retrospect, NWA, Easy e was, was out. I want He was out before the conscious rap. Brand Nubian, De La Soul. De La Soul was 90. Um, Brand Nubian, 90. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, 89, 88. That, that, that. Easy E, guys, was... When did he drop radio? When did he drop Boys in the Hood? 87? 86? 87? Somewhere around there. So I'm just saying, gangster rap was already started. And, and, and record companies. So there has to be accountability. Like, it's like I say, I stopped. I started dealing with reality and I stopped lying. I stopped lying to myself for one. And then with that being said, if you're not lying to yourself, then you shouldn't be lying to nobody else. So if, but that's you though, that's you. I get it. I applaud you, man. Like, like you as a, as a rapper. Okay. Me, if I'm special ed, I'm all about, you know, just hip hop. I'm a battle rapper. I rap about things that I have. Maybe I don't have at that age of 17. I'm just going off of his music. You know, him saying I'm your idol. Your eyes title. Numero uno. You know, I even got a dog of my very own. A dog, a bow with a solid go bone. However the lyrics go. Like, make, I, got, I got my own land in, in the sand of the West Indies. He don't have that shit. He's lying. But, I mean, this was brag rap. This is, this is what you rapped about. It was fabricated. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't harming anybody. And I see where he's coming from. It wasn't physically harming or being derogatory at, at all. And I see where he's coming from as far as hip hop and that element at that time. And the word destruction, um, age of destruction of hip hop is when hip hop made that transition to gangster rap. But there's more than just gangster rap influencing our children or our world, which I'll get into in a little bit. We're all dealing with reality and our conscience and facts. Then we have to look at it for what it is. They are encouraging us and paying us to be destructive, you know, and that's systematic. I think that's part of, you know, 
a plan of sorts. That's part of an agenda. Well, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that? Going back to what I was saying. So this is what it opens up everything else. Movies. You got gangster movies. You got Goodfellas. You know, you got Casino. You got horror flicks. You got everything else. All these things that are influential to our youth. And we're just talking our youth. Now, he's talking hip hop, but he's throwing some youth in there, too, because I've heard him on other interviews say that. So um, are we going to go after the gangster producer, you know, film producers and not put out that type of material anymore? I mean, yeah, granted, I know you're probably thinking, well, there was a rated R. Every time there's a movie like that, if it's got if it's explicit of their sex, sexual acts going on or anything of some sort, it's rated R. Well, that's why there's parental advisory stickers on CDs back in the day. The tangible stuff. A lot of you guys are going, damn, what is that? <laughs> the youngsters. Yeah, CDs had parental advisory stickers on them to let you know when you went to go purchase or your parents know, look, there's going to be some cussing involved in this. All right, I'm letting you know that right now off top. Before you buy this CD, know that it comes with curse words. Or if it didn't have that sticker, then, you know, it was a clean edited uh, CD. But you get my point? That, that's what I'm saying right now on this whole special ed, you know, doubling it. And he probably, like, I was watching other interviews like uh, uh, MC8, you know, on his show. That's the MC8, Gangster Chronicles, Big Steel. He was saying, well, he, he probably wasn't a product of that environment and um, put him in a scenario to where they really give him some lyrics, whether getting jumped in or just being part of that gang life, you know, activity, then he might have some lyrics. That's a joke. We always say, I always tell my homies like, uh, you know, they, one of them got hurt in a relationship. I always say, Dan, she'll give you some lyrics. Cause it's true. You know, whether you're going through a breakup, what is Taylor Swift and, and, and Amanda Perez, shout out to Amanda Perez. She's going through that right now uh, uh, with just breakups. You know, that's us as artists. We write off experience. You get what I'm saying? Aside of the fabricated shit that's out there, those that are just, you know, trying to live somebody else's lives. Um, but what I'm saying is, is special ed, he didn't grow up in that. I'm not saying he didn't grow up in a rough neighborhood. He just didn't grow up in West Coast gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the message, let's go back to the 80s, hip hop, broken glass everywhere. People standing on the corner like he just don't care. Those dudes was telling a story. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm pretty sure they, I'm not 100%, they mentioned police in, in there, whatnot. Um, you think NWA didn't grow up on them? We grew up on the West Coast to East Coast rap. BDP, uh, uh, Public Enemy, one of the most militant hip-hop groups out there. He was bringing awareness, but what was... uh? KRS one worrying on is by any means necessary cover. He was uh, mimicking Malcolm X. By any means necessary. What does that mean? That's that's not gangster, but that's threatening, right? Um, at least that's what I got from it. And granted, guys, like Special Ed said, this is my opinion versus his opinion. You know, 
Um, I just had to bring this up today. I'm thinking um, <laughs> uh, Vlad TV interviewed Faison Love, too, and Faison's response to this. He was like, well, first of all, his name is Special Ed. I think that was the coldest joke ever. Uh, but look, man, like, like Special Ed said, I, I understand it's for the children, man. You know, he, he has, a, he does well with the community positivity. So these are probably the reasons why he's saying that, you know, gangster rap needs to be accountable. But at the end of the day, you have a choice. You have a choice what to let your kids listen to just like back in the fifties and sixties. You don't listen them, let them hit rock and roll was frowned upon for so many years. And in fact, I think they try to compare rock and roll status to gangster rap. First off, there's no comparison, but you know, gangster rap is the most influential um, rap, as they say, you know, it doesn't get bigger than that. TK Kirkland said the same thing in an interview. Go look that up. But, um, there's many styles of hip hop going back to the NWA thing being the a, a destruction. Yeah. They definitely set the tone. They set the bar. Easy. E was allowed in the white house. You know what I mean? He got welcome there. Like he walked up and had dinner with the president. I never have dinner with the president. I ne- you know, but, but that shit went worldwide. Like, um, so I don't know guys, you guys let me know what your thoughts are. Especially just being a hater. Or is he just, you see his side, you see both sides, you're for one side. Drop a a comment down below and let me know what your thoughts are on that. Other than that, since we're uh, into this today and we want this to go down in timelines, I do want to give some love on today also to uh, Michael Jackson, man. Michael Jackson hitting the one billion mark on the song Beat It. Yeah, man, that's big right there. One billion. I, you know, we all grew up on Michael. You know what I mean? Uh, Billy Jean. I, some of you had the red jackets in this beat it video. Don't act like you didn't. Some of you had the high water black, you know, polyester pants Michael had with the penny loafers with the penny in it. <laughs> I'm taking you back a little bit right there. Billy Jean also hit the billion um, view mark as well. And here's what was something interesting though. Other songs to make it to the Billion View Club included Despacito, Louis Fonzi, Ed Sheeran, Shape of You, See You Again, uh, Wiz Khalifa, and of course, Baby Shark with 13 billion views. But I'm going, why did Michael just hit it with that song, Beat It? Do you think because people like older people since it came out so long ago? Because you would think because it came out so long ago, that shit would surpass all these newer records. I don't know. Let me know your comments uh, down below as well. Also, shout outs to the game. Happy birthday. The game turns 44 today. But that's pretty much it. My reaction here on the Blockout Podcast. Let me know your thoughts, your views on Special Ed's views on NWA starting the age of destruction of hip hop. All right. Give this video a big subscribe. Boom, boom, boom. And a big like. Boom, boom, boom. Share it with your friends. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.